Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Allison. And my name is Fonda. And today, Fonda is going to be talking about something a little bit different. Yes. So instead of talking about a fabulous fictional female, I thought it would be great if we could talk about what we think, just the two of us, because I think it's going to be different from person to person, makes a well-written female character, whether that's in a book, a comic book, like a TV show, a movie, a podcast, anything like that, (laughs) I thought would be great to talk about because I think there's going to be similarities for sure. For sure. But I also think there's going to be Differences, Like, for example, if you and I were to get someone who was going to be from Germany, let's say, I bet you they might have a different opinion just because of their, like, cultural view of things as well about what makes a well-written character. Yeah. So to preface this, this is not solid stone. What makes a well-written female character? It is our opinion yes. on what we perceive in our viewpoint <laughs> is a well-written female character yes in our pretty white pretty heteronormative yep experience of history we're gonna try and keep this as intersectional as possible yes because i know we've all had those friends who've dealt with the struggles of not being represented in in media in a good way mm-hmm. so This is going to be exciting. I'm excited. Yes. So I think to start off, I would like to talk about things I've noticed that make like a poorly written female. Yeah. Start at the bottom. (laughs) Start at the bottom. Work our way really, really high. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because we're probably going to start at closer to reality and work our way into this like crazy, awesome future of things that we would like to see. Yes. Yes, and the first thing that I want to say is what I think makes a poorly written female character is when they make a character, and they're like for a video game, and they're like, oh, it's from a male's perspective, and it's going to be a dude. But then they're like, oh, but we should have like a gender option so if someone doesn't want to play the dude, they can play oh, yeah. the girl. And so the girl, like, they'll change the pronouns, and you're playing a story, but at the same time, you're like, this doesn't feel like it was written from the quote-unquote like female story perspective it it still feels like it's a guy's story being told i'm strictly talking about writing and the viewpoint of a man's story and perspective and character traits and then they're just like oh no let's make it a female and they just change the pronouns they don't even think of changing other things or the things they do change is like she's a little sexier or she walks like her hips walk just a little bit yeah her clothes are a little less yeah i think that's i see that quite a bit in games sometimes not all games but like older games for sure yeah and i'm just like okay i also feel like it's it's just narrow-minded writing so most of the time and i'm gonna say most of the time because there are obviously exceptions but usually it is done by male writers or male game creators and so they can't really think beyond their own scope whereas if you got a little bit creative with it and tried harder you could really make an ungendered character story like Mm -hmm. gender does not have to 
come into video games at all in the majority of things. Like, obviously, Laura Croft is different. <laughs> you cannot... <laughs> you Sorry. cannot just put a boy in, like, Laura Croft's position and have it be the same thing because we have those video games already. We mm -hmm. have Uncharted. We have a million different video games that are basically just Indiana Jones. Yeah. Having Laura Croft is something for women identifying people to have. Yes. And... Yeah, like, just, it's easy, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, because it's not, I'm not a story writer, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be one either, but putting in that effort to make it non-gendered would be really good, for especially for something like, let's say Skyrim, or those mm -hmm. kinds of things. I haven't played Skyrim, don't at me, <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like the kind of video game that's pretty, like, rough and tough boy designed like yeah. fighting dragons and yelling magic words and something that's like interesting in that realm is i have a few friends and sometimes i'll see them play games and when they pick to play a character they don't often pick to play the dude like i'm gonna use diablo as a game for example okay. i remember when it first came out a bunch of uh, my husband and his friends were playing it and i just noticed they were all playing like women like they just picked the female avatar yeah because it's not like a really in-depth you're playing the character developing a story you're a character in a world and you're just f figuring out what the plot of the world is you're not really like it's not like a role-playing game yeah and so i noticed they all picked women and i'm like i'm like oh is it a women only like i didn't know nothing yeah <laughs> so i was like oh is it like a female driven story i'm like why are you all women and one person said because i don't want to look at a man's ass as they're walking <laughs> and i was just like what <laughs> and i had to have them explain because i was like so you're telling me you didn't pick the female character because maybe they had a more interesting plot maybe you want to role play a woman and you want to explore that you picked the female for the eye candy, for the male gaze. That's why it was chosen. And I don't necessarily think they knew it as that. You know what I mean? I genuinely don't think any of my husband or his friends, when they were like 19, really thought that they were being assholes. Not that I think any of them are assholes. But you know what I mean? Like they picked something because they were like, well, I don't want to look at a guy's ass as it's walking. And you're just like, okay but then there's me i tend to always pick female characters if i have a choice because it's rare for me to see myself in a game or be able to pursue myself in a game how i want it to be yeah and the times that i do pick a male character is when i'm like oh but i want to explore this plot element and see like how it, it goes out but it was just so interesting when they're all just like picked a girl because they just didn't want to look at a guy's ass I feel like that comes down to the the very common pitfall of male gaze media. Yeah. Where you, unless you're looking for it, and I, I look for it a lot now because I'm trying to make more informed decisions on what media I am choosing to consume, I am watching for that and I'm paying attention to where the male gaze really is. And I feel like because it is such a norm, you, unless you're looking for it, you're not going to think that it's weird. Yeah. Like, specifically, we watched an, <laughs> an old horror movie called Prince of Darkness, 
Um, and it was really weirdly female gazy. Like, the female character was never really um, over-sexualized in any way. The camera didn't focus on her butt or anything. But at the same time, <laughs> the the male character, he, like, constantly had, like, his shirt off or it was unbuttoned. And he was always, like, sprawled in weird ways. And I'm just like, okay. where is... Where is this from? It was a John Carpenter horror movie. It's like <laughs> a follow-up to the movie The Thing. And I'm like, where did this weird sexualization of this male scientist come from? Yeah. And it just, it felt weird because it, it wasn't the norm. And it yeah. was super cool, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, they were playing a game to enjoy a game. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I just wanted to point out... How sometimes when a game lets you choose a female, it's not because of a good, well-written aspect. Yeah. And you, you fall into those gender traps that we all have been raised on. And yeah. It really is an act of choice to do something like look into the reasons you're doing something mm-hmm. and to actually question those things. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes it's, it's your job to tell somebody to question those things. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes you're just like, um, are you okay? Um, on the topic of <laughs> a male gaze, I don't think you've seen this video, but on Twitter on November 27th, 2019, this guy on Twitter, I think his name's Juan Buis. If you want to find the video on Twitter, it's at J-U-A-N-B-U-I-S. And he found this video that someone swapped the Batman and Catwoman character models in one of the Batman Arkham games. You can't see this, but I'm super excited about it. Yeah, so let's maybe take a quick pause. (laughs) (laughs) So we took a quick pause so I could show Allison. But it is hilarious. It's from Arkham Knight. And he just basically, Batman's performing all of Catwoman's ridiculous, seductive movements with her hips. How she's like caressing Batman. His butt looks so voluptuous in the swapped model. So big. (laughs) And it's just, it's just so funny because it really shows when you switch a man and a woman character models in a video game. And, like, yes. yes, people could say, like, well, Catwoman's just a seductive person. It's like, yeah, but she doesn't have to over-sexualize her hips moving when she's walking. She can be seductive in little movements in how she talks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's just funny that in order for them in the game to portray Catwoman as being seductive and catty, they over-exaggerated all of her movements so, and was so sexualized. So over-exaggerated. It's like, it's like even when women are walking like sexy down a runway, they don't swish their <laughs> hips that much. Um, which actually reminds me of, for those of you who did decide to spend the money on Solo, um, which I actually enjoyed the movie. Like, it was pretty good. It wasn't the greatest Star Wars movie in the world. It took but a chance, and I can respect it. It was fun, and for the for the production hell that it had to go through just to get onto screen, it was cool, and there were a lot of female characters in it. Mm-hmm. They were all, generally, pretty good, mm-hmm. except for L3. The robot? I loved her story choices, but the way that they created this robot is absolute nonsense. Tell me. Her hips are wide, 
And she literally walks like Catwoman was walking in that video. Like, she walks with such a swish, and it's like, this is a fucking robot. It wouldn't walk like a human. As some of us have found out watching any video about an actual person trying to build robots, the way humans walk is so, like, weirdly organic and against everything. It is actually quite unnatural. There's a reason why not very many things in the animal kingdom walk like humans. It's because the fact that we can balance on two legs is freaking ridiculous. And so to add on top of that, two legs that are, like, the majority of her body... And then, like, swishing hips and to have her make all of these really bad sexual innuendos was so cringy. It just... And I came away with that, like, right away. But then they went from having this really cringy character design to letting her lead a freaking robot revolution, which I loved. Yeah. And she had really good ideas because I've always liked the idea that robots really do represent in... Or droids really do represent in the Star Wars universe essentially slaves and they are sentient and they do have feelings and all of this stuff and yet they're still being used as property and so the fact that she had this grand plan and all of these things and she wanted to lead a robot revolution and everything was great I loved it but then you couple that with this super over sexualization of a robot Mm -hmm, (laughs) it was mm -hmm. like what the hell it was so like sad because you get on one hand you get the good and yeah. then on the other hand you're like but it always co- it tend- it seems to always come with that bad <laughs> which mm-hmm. was just so much sexual innuendo and so many swishing hips and I'm just like that robot would fall over it's <laughs> <laughs> like the robot would not survive <laughs> uh, another thing I think makes for a bad written in my opinion again female character is like when the female lacks any agency if that makes sense when it's like she's the protagonist but everything that's happening isn't because she's choosing it to and sometimes those can be good stories when the character starts off having no agency and then she's breaking it Mm -hmm. and she's going to gain agency of her own those can be really great stories but i'm thinking of like sleeping beauty she was asleep for so long and everything that was supposed to be like her choice or things that were going to happen for her were done through other people or a man or her father who was the king yeah and there's a lot of times when i when there's like this agency that's been taken away from a female character what feels like they don't have any choice whatsoever of anything mm. even like the makeup they wear is always like someone like you know what i mean yeah and like, i don't like that i That is a plot device that, when implemented correctly, can get across some incredible feeling and emotion. For anybody who's watched Rosemary's Baby, that is a movie that is horrific. Especially if you're watching it as a woman who's watching this with, like, a keener eye. You really see she... The entire movie is amazing. If you enjoy horror movies, definitely watch that. I'll probably talk about it at some point. But basically, the entire movie is like it's gaslighting the horror movie. Mm. She is being 100% controlled by her husband, and then he gets in weird with these like cultists in their building and the apartment that they just bought. And every single action she takes is completely controlled by the men around her. And even when she tries to take agency, it's removed from her. So it's it's a plot device to make those watching it 
scared and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in a movie like that, it makes sense because that's the point. Yeah. But in another movie, when I'm watching it and I'm seeing these women with no agency and no ability to do anything, I'm like, this is a horror movie. <laughs> You're like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> and it's like, the, but that's an inappropriate feeling to get across. And so, I, mm-hmm. again, I feel like a lot of writers, usually male writers, don't understand that by removing that agency from your characters, you are sending the wrong messages to literally half of your audience. Yeah. Because they're sitting there watching it being like, this is terrifying. This woman has no choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're trying to be like, well, she's strong because she's doing all of this stuff. It's like, yeah, but she's doing it because a man told her to, not because she wants to, or she's doing it half naked mm-hmm. because you feel like for some reason that makes sense in the story, even yeah. though it never does. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So that's one thing I hate. I think mm-hmm. another thing I let, dislike when I think about it, and it'll sound weird, but over femininity. And normally what I mean by that is, like, over-femininity that I just so happen think is because of, like, a man writing the over-feminine aspects of a female character. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of men and women who might be more feminine than the other person, but they're they're still... They still have other, like, quote-unquote masculine traits, or they have other things that aren't just, like, them being over-the-top feminine in every single thing that they do in life. I'm sexy, but I can change a car tire. Mm. Mm, but while I'm doing it, I'm going to be so sexy. Mm. You know what I I'm mean? It's bend just over like, real nice so my ass looks rounder. Like, yeah, it's like, I get it if someone's, if a character's doing that because they're trying to distract the man. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's things where, in a lot of spy movies, if there's a female character, she uses her sexual femininity to basically take advantage of someone that's looking down on her. Yes. So I do understand when it's being used for reasons to, like, poke fun. Yes. Or to prove a point. But I just hate it when they write an overly feminine character and I'm just like, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Yes. Like, some things they could get right, but there's this other cases where I'm looking at a character that's like, her, her femininity isn't written in a way that's believable to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, I dislike over femininity sometimes is because I, I can't really believe it from my point of view and the people that I've met across my life. I'm just like, I don't generally think that's yeah something, but because gender expression is also a spectrum. <laughs> I know. Yay. And, and I think femininity is a spectrum. Yeah. And so over femininity where that's mm. all it is. And I'll look at, like, what episode that was written by or directed by, and I'm like, oh, okay. A dude. A dude. I I do feel like that seems to come up a lot with, like, they're sitting there trying to figure out how to write a woman, and they're like, well, woman automatically equals feminine. Yeah. Which is not accurate at all. We're female, but that doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. mean... <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do, just, like, everything's a spectrum. I love that big rainbow, like, spectrum graph with, yeah. like, expression, gender, uh, sec- um, sexuality, I think, is on there. And I think there's one more that I can't remember, because I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Orientation? It might be orientation, yeah. Okay, I'm just Either trying way. to help you jog Yeah. <laughs> but they, they're like, well, in order for this to be... Uh, 
strong female character that other women are going to connect with, we have to make sure that she's, like, pretty. Which mm, yeah. isn't true. But that's that's just a general pitfall of all of Hollywood, which is you all have to be pretty. And I think mm-hmm. we're slowly getting there with wanting more body types and skin colors and genders and mm-hmm. all that stuff that's important. <laughs> yeah. It it it's not I feel like big quote unquote blockbuster Hollywood movies are gonna take the longest. While as I feel like T V shows mm-hmm. and books and comic books and even podcasts were getting there so much quicker. Yeah, and things like independent film. I am a huge proponent of voting with your dollar. I believe in taking chances on movies and going to see movies in theaters that were written by women who have female characters. And even if they're bad, if you don't give that one bad movie your money, the industry isn't going to let women have more movies because they're going to take that as a failure. And so vote with your dollar. Please go see movies written by women or anybody that's not just a straight white man. I mean, if you really like that straight white man's movies, go see it. I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do. But (laughs) if you can take a chance on those movies, things like um, that movie that I talked about a while ago, Wild Nights with Emily. That movie was written and directed by a woman. There's another weird horror movie called Cam that Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. written by... A woman who actually cammed as a career and so it was written in a very interesting way because it was written with respect for the job without looking down on it in any way and so giving those women those opportunities and showing things like Netflix or your local theaters that I want to see more of this will hopefully get more of that yes so we don't just keep ending up with shitty white male fantasy (laughs) Mm -hmm. on screen all the time and it's really difficult too because I just think that in a lot of media and I'm not saying that there's a lot of men who are bad writers there's a lot of people who I think are good writers in like you say like up and coming things Or in general, they're like a good writer, but they don't know everything. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to, if you're, um, let's say that you are Stephen King, like Stephen King doesn't, he hasn't lived the life of a trans woman. If he wants to tell a really good story about a trans woman, I think he could do a good job if he had people there talk to or to check his writing you know what I mean like go to someone that's lived through experiences to help better portray it Mm -hmm. and even if it's just like like I'm not going to say that every uh, trans woman has the same experience as another person but if you open up your like catch pool of maybe people who read your work before you send it out to like the director who's going to um, help produce the show or whatever 
if you have more people to help you that are part of those communities, I feel like we would get better things written by men. And that, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion, because I have no idea what it's actually like to be on a board where you're writing a script, because a lot of times there's also going to be directors and people who are going to tell you to just fucking change it, because they have the power over you and they have the money. Mm-hmm. So I also think that's also an issue as well is when you have someone that's like basically forcing you to remove it or your your idea that you're trying to get on the big screen or on a comic book might not happen and i think that's also an issue with for writing yeah with female characters too and that comes down to something that we as consumers literally have next to no control over which is needing those men who are currently in power, who are currently doing all of the writing, to offer a leg up to different people. Mm-hmm. To give those opportunities instead of hoarding them for themselves. Which is a larger issue in our country, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Giving those opportunities is only going to make the media better. And... Yeah... I just hope it starts happening more. Mm-hmm. What else do you, in your opinion, makes a poorly written female character? It all comes down to lazy writing. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to not doing your research and to just assuming because you popped a female on screen, she doesn't need a backstory. And that a lot comes down to, to Mary Janeing. Mary Jane? Mary Jane. Not Mary Janeing. Mary Sue? Um, to Mary Suing characters and it's because of lazy writing and writers do do it where they're just like here's this girl who can do everything and it's like can you give me an actual reason why these characters can do these things and for example that animated movie atlantis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, we probably have to talk about it because there's some absolutely incredible female characters oh, in that I know. movie I just love that. gangbusters probably like a 50 50 cast or at least close to yeah one of the characters she's a mechanic and it's because she grew up as a mechanic's daughter and so he taught her how to do all of these things and she's also great at science and like doing all of these things and she's this like badass tradeswoman but they gave her a reason to be good at that stuff and she doesn't so she can be excellent at stuff and she can have things that she's not good at but like give her a reason to be excellent at stuff because a lot of people aren't good at a lot of things Mm -hmm. And maybe look at the male characters in the same way that you're looking at the female characters and start questioning, did they give me a reason why he was good at doing that? Or why he was bad at doing that? Or is he just good at doing everything? Mm-hmm. And start questioning why are... Because males get Mary Sue all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, all the time. If you don't think Luke Skywalker was a Mary Sue, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and I will take those ads. <laughs> I was like, I will fight you. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> But, but you'll, you'll talk about it. <laughs> I will. I will have a sensible discussion with you. <laughs> uh, but Luke Skywalker, one hundred percent. Why does he know how to fly a spaceship? Why does he know all of these things? They did not give you reasons. But as soon as Ray comes in and knows how to do all of this stuff, you're like, well, she's married, sued. Whereas she actually has more of a reason to know how to do these things with the ships than Luke did because she spent her entire life stripping them and working on them mm-hmm. and learning about their mechanics and how ships actually work there are other issues with ray which i will not get into but 
that specific gripe is completely unfounded and nonsensical. And if you're questioning why Ray can fly a spaceship, you should sure as shit be questioning why Luke can. What about the argument? like, oh, it's the Force. When someone's like, oh, the Force allows them to to know or do these things because they can feel the Force in the, in the ship. That's not what the Force is. <laughs> That's not what the Force is. <laughs> I know. The force is not a MacGuffin for every single writing, like every plot point that you fucked up. Like it's not an automatic. I'm sorry, it's the force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do Star Wars episodes eventually, <laughs> and then we can really get into this. I think we could talk forever about what we hate, but I really think we need to go <laughs> into what, in our opinion, makes a well-written female character. And I want to start off by saying, a f- flaws. Yes. And not just like and not just like a flaw where someone's like, oh, this person has like they talk over people all the time. I'm like, okay, that's an annoying trait. Or I'm clumsy, but I'm really cute. Yeah. You're like, my flaw is I'm clumsy, but it's fine. Yeah. I trip over everything. I just can't stay on my own two feet. Sorry, I drifted back into the bad stuff. It's okay. (laughs) It's fine. But, like, I love when a character has a flaw. Or even if it's, like, a good trait, but for this character, it's a flaw. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I just, like... "Mm." Catwoman's greedy. She's a greedy bitch. She she wants that money. (laughs) And that's her flaw, is greed. (laughs) And that's fine. But, like, another flaw I was just thinking of the other day, that some people automatically assume is a good thing but like being like maternal yes i can also think be a good flaw for someone and so to me just like any character at all but especially with a woman find a flaw that really shows maybe what her life has been like Mm -hmm. or what their life has been like i just want to look at a character and when i'm watching them see their flaws and understand their flaws and yeah i can hate the flaw but it could also make me like respect or admire the character for how they've been written with mm-hmm. that flaw yes purposeful writing not just like i said not just the clumsy thing where it's like well we need it's this. just there we need her to trip so that the guy can catch her so we have to make her clumsy yeah. and that gets to be her only flaw whereas yeah when you write them it becomes a more dynamic person mm-hmm. and having multiple flaws Yes, they can. They you could have one be the more prominent one. That's fine. But in general, as a human being, we all have tons of flaws. Yes, some of them are just really tiny, and people don't see them all the time. Mm-hmm. And flaws can be strengths as well, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. So something like a, a strong maternal instinct, depending on the situation, it could help her protect people and become more brave. But then in another situation, it can also cause her to act without thinking Mm -hmm. and it could cause her to get herself and possibly other people into trouble or i should say themselves Mm -hmm. anybody can have a maternal instinct that that doesn't matter so it can get them into trouble depending on yeah their attitudes and yeah just it's just right like fucking human being (laughs) so i know it sounds like it's this is so easy just right it's hard it's hard but yeah so i just i I'm trying to think of a good example of a character with a flaw, and I'm going to think of the animated uh, She-Ra mm-hmm. TV show on Netflix. Yay. They do a good job at showing their female characters with 
with flaws. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it, especially because then they show how, like, for example, um, Glimmer at one point in the new season, I don't want to go into details because in case anyone hasn't watched it, but it's been out for like <laughs> a good while. So I feel like everyone's binged it. But at one point, she doesn't feel like people are treating her as a strong person because like her mom just died and now she's a queen and everyone doesn't want her to feel sad. So they're like not asking her to help. They're not asking her to do things that she did in season one and season two Mm -hmm. because they don't want her to be upset. They don't want her to think about her dead mother. They think that she should focus on being happy and it starts to upset her. So she starts to not ask to do things and she's not telling her friends what she's doing and she's doing it behind her back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great flaw. Yes. And they do a really good job of it. Because because at one point I was like, Glimmer, what the fuck are you doing? Like I got irritated because they did a good job with it. Yes. They didn't just place it there. They did a good job yeah. with it. Yeah. And that is, I think, show creators trusting the audience. Mm-hmm. Because we don't need everything spoon fed to us. We can have moments of not liking characters and still enjoy the show. I mean, how many people watched Breaking Bad? I hated every single character in that show. I wanted all of them to die. (laughs) But was it well written? It was extremely well written. And yeah, it took us a long time to get through it because of that. But also, the story was extremely interesting. And I do think that they were a little heavy-handed on the flaws and stuff. But you can have moments where your your main characters are not likable mm-hmm. you can like do not be afraid of having them not be perfect all the time mm-hmm. especially female characters which they really get into like any character of diversity they're like well we have to make sure that they're that they're perfect they can't they can't mess up they can't do any of this stuff because then they're gonna say that we're we're messing it up And it's like, no, like, (laughs) if you get the input, you should, from people who actually are those things that you're trying to portray, they can at least help you write something that's a little more realistic. And Mm -hmm. a little bit better. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Something that I find interesting is whenever you're, like, I'm sure anyone that's tried writing or making their own, like, original character, you've looked up, like, good character traits or, like, Mm -hmm. protagonist character traits. And some of the things that I find really interesting is how, like, the top three are, like, integrity, honesty, and loyalty. That's what you want in a good hero character. But at the same time, I'm just like, let's just look at honesty, for example. Mm -hmm. I think honesty is a good trait to have. It can also be a really bad trait to have. Yeah. So just in general, I think sometimes a well-written female character can, like any well-written character at all, Mm -hmm. try to do a twist on things that we as human beings like to see Mm -hmm. in characters. Like... For example, Wonder Woman. She starts out being kind of naive with some things because she's been in one place for so long. Yeah, essentially sequestered from the rest of the world. Yeah, but her innocence is well written because it's not just like, oh, I'm I'm an innocent 
sexy older woman who's old enough to have sex with... Born sexy yesterday. Yeah, it's not that. She wasn't written like that. No. And that's what I really liked, because I thought her innocence was more of an innocence of, like, she thinks, because of where she's been, that it's easy to have peace. It's easy to converse, and it's easy... Like, all the things that she had on the island going into the real world where there's men and there's a bunch of people who are arguing and fighting and there's world wars. Like, her innocence is that she's like, these things are easy to achieve. Mm-hmm. And the innocence is broken because she realizes that, like, as much as it is easy to achieve, there's always going to be, quote-unquote, like, the villains, the people who yeah. want more things. And... and or they're challenging her view of what a good world is. Like, for example, when people argue about, like, villains that aren't well-written, a lot of people, from what I've seen online and, like, even personal friends, talk about how Thanos is a well-written villain. Yes. One, we got a lot of time for him to be introduced. It wasn't like he was just plopped. But, like, you could argue that, like, what he thought would be better for the universe... It was sound logic. Mm-hmm. He just went about it in a really, really bad way. Yeah. But he generally thought he was doing something good. Yeah. What he was doing was killing a bunch of people. But also, in his mind, that was going to save. So it might have killed half the people, or mm-hmm. half the beings in the universe, but it also saved half of them. He was doing it for the other half, mm-hmm. which is an argument to make. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great one, but it's an interesting thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. <laughs> it's like those questions where someone's like, you're on a track and you need to switch the train to go another way. Do you hit the old lady or do you hit the three children? It's yeah. like, like there's arguments to be had for both sides. Oh yeah, and then you start throwing in the things where it's like, would you kill the one escaped prisoner or the like four kids? And it's like, okay, so you value this this these children's lives over the prisoners' lives, but, like, what if he was in prison for the wrong reasons? And so you start adding yeah. in background information to try that to... changes your opinion, and you can do that with characters. Yes! You can do that with female characters, where you start off thinking one thing about them, and then you start adding in these little nuggets of their, of their history, of their past, and I found that they did a really good job with that in Captain Marvel, where they really started just plopping in all these little things where it really explained why it was she was who she was at the end, mm-hmm. which was a completely gaslit, brainwashed, probably PTSD'd, <laughs> poor, like, taken advantage of woman mm-hmm. who has found her strength in herself. Mm-hmm. Like, such a cool story, but then they start adding in all these little things from her history and how all those things go together... And her her best friend, I put that in air quotes because they are definitely together in my mind. <laughs> Allison's like, I ship them hard. Because <laughs> that's how the 90s worked. <laughs> oh, she's my best friend. Yeah, we're just friends who live together on a farm and have a child. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, just using traits using positive traits as flaws as well as having them be positive traits creates a dynamic interest that is so fun so flaws yeah 
I love flaws. flaws. I love a good flawed woman. I do too. And I think, at least I notice, we always talk about when we've picked a female character for an episode, we talk about the flaws that they have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think something else in terms of like when a female has been written good, it's normally because a female wrote an episode or a female did something or a producer was a woman. Because like, for example, let's look at <laughs> the new... The new movie with Harley Quinn. Yes. Yes. Birds of Prey. Yes. You can totally see the difference about what Harley Quinn is being perceived as through the audience versus when you go and watch her performance when she was in... What the fuck is the name of it? Suicide Squad. I was like blanking. I was like... (laughs) I don't remember the name of it. But in Suicide Squad, she was so sexualized and like I get it you could say well Harley is she is a sexy person and a lot of the things she does is to challenge like a man's point of view and like her strength is how she's using your your vision of what a woman can do against them it's like that's fine but if you watch the acting the directing how the shots are done the clothes that are picked all those choices go into us viewing a character and how Harley Quinn is perceived in all of the trailers of Birds of Prey, it is noticeable the difference between the fact that it is a female produced, directed, driven media versus Suicide Squad. 100%. Yeah. And I just like, oh, I just, I just, I want to, I want to talk about it more and I don't want to say that men are bad at writing female characters there's a lot of characters i like that are written by that like were created by men mm-hmm. but then later through the help of like a, another female like let's say for example like rogue from x-men yeah i think she's loads better now than when she started out yes. because there were some choices that they did to rogue that i was like no 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 like she freaking got together with Magneto who's like way too old and like all these weird choices anyways but age doesn't matter when it's a when it's an older man anyways but like she's written a lot better now and I would like to say it's because Marvel has had a lot of other people write their comic books that have also been female mm-hmm. like look at the Harley Quinn series that was yes. written and drawn by women Ugh. I think it. that I've added g- a I'll lot I'll get into it I know <laughs> but so I think that's another thing that I would just like to say as a point is have more diverse individual people man or woman help to let you create a character if you have that opportunity to go to someone and be like I want to develop this type of character and I know I can do this area of her or them justice yeah. But this aspect of their life that I would like to explore, I have no personal experience with. Please help me. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And hopefully the world is getting a little bit better with that because we are seeing such success with things like handing over female characters and realizing, oh my God, they do so much better now under the guidance of an actual female character Mm -hmm. or of an actual person who has dealt with those similar issues. Like, you can have two people. So you can have a stereotypical straight white man writing a story 
And if they can really challenge themselves, write a non-gendered story, and then for like the action and for what they actually want to happen in the story, and then get in somebody to deal with the interpersonal things to help you flesh out mm-hmm. the personal story of those characters that actually have that connection. So be it a person of color, a trans person, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a sexual person, like get in somebody who actually has experiences in those sections of the world and just honestly, just talk to people. Yeah. Like it's not that hard and do research, watch a documentary, mm-hmm. look at characters that a lot of people like that are a trans woman and mm-hmm. wonder what is it that about this trans woman on this show like Euphoria that everyone is praising what what are they doing differently like it's okay I think also to like make a mistake yes you know we have to give them the opportunity to create and to have these stories be different and it might not be perfect and it might not be exactly your story and you might not completely connect with it but it's a first step yeah it's taken us how many years of cinema just to get to the point where we finally have a female leading superhero a female leading superhero like it's taken so many years and we cannot as much as we want to just jump ahead and have all of these things be there that's not how unfortunately that's just not how the world works and Mm -hmm. I wish it did I wish we could just jump ahead and have all of these incredible characters like I said talking about reaching for the stars and we as consumers have to let that grow and we have to support the things that are trying to grow that even Mm -hmm. if it is problematic we can talk about why it's problematic and then hopefully bringing up those problems will help the next one be better and the next one to be better like we had we went and saw the new charlie's angels movie (laughs) it was fun it was fun and there were so many things that The original movie was also fun. Like, it was a riot. But going back and watching the original movie, there's three shoehorned relationships, which didn't really need to be there. There's a lot of weird stuff with race in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of weird things going on. And the new one focuses on the women, and it focuses on the angels, and it kind of changes the view. So even though the new one isn't perfect... It's, it's a big step. It's better, and it's a better, and it's a big step. And yeah, I, there will always be a place in my heart for, <laughs> for original Charlie's Angels. I mean, <laughs> that movie is fun as hell. But again, like it's it's one of those things. That it has a place in my heart from when it was created, and mm-hmm. now getting the new one, I'm so happy to have seen a growth, and I would like to just see that grow more instead Mm -hmm. of having Hollywood cower because the internet eats itself. Mm -hmm. Because unless we give them space to grow and explore diversity, they're not going to want to keep growing. We're going to put them in this little pot of like Mm -hmm. anger and negativity and then it's just going to shrivel and die. And then we're going to go back to having nothing. (laughs) I know. I have no direction in how we're going from one point to another. It's just what comes to my mind. I hope you all know that. <laughs> I wanted this to be an organic conversation. Yes. But I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> I hope so. You might have a hard time editing this one else. I will. <laughs> but something else that I've noticed in terms of what makes me enjoy a female character has also been when something just seems real 
if that makes sense. Like, for example, because we just talked about Charlie's Angel, when Sabina was going to that, like, spin class, and she yeah. awkwardly goes up, and she's like, hi, bye, she turns away, and without even a beat, and it wasn't even like it was supposed to be unnatural, she just, she sees another lady walk by, and she turns, and she's like, oh, hi. Like, she, you can tell she wanted to flirt with her. Yeah. And there wasn't any, like, lead up or anything. It was just, like, an, a natural thing that would have happened in real life where you're just like, oh. And they showed it. I know. And I loved it so much. Kirsten Stewart was such a breakout it in that good. movie. It was she was. I love it. She was so much better than, like, and she's she's been impressing me lately. <laughs> just with her movies and her choices after Twilight have been truly, like... <laughs> Amazing, and I have so much, and I hate it because I look back on that time. And the first Twilight book wasn't bad. I will speak well, for not the first person yes. to say that. And I'm working on my own biases and yep, looking at same. my own things. So back then, with the Miley Cyrus doing her weird a wall stuff, and like Kirsten Stewart, everybody like giving her so much hate, I realized that that was my own gender biases and my own mm-hmm. like societal norms leaking in and being like, you need to hate this person because they're being human. And I bought into that. And now I'm working mm-hmm. on looking at the whole picture of these characters and these people, these actual human beings in the spotlight. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and being like, I should not be judging them because of that because most of the time it's simply because women are being human yeah and we get that in reality and we get that in tv is when Mm -hmm. a female character is written as a human as a well-rounded human we somehow for some reason hate them for it yeah (laughs) we're just like like, something like cersei lannister oh you're you're supposed to hate her but at the same time i hated her and i wanted her to die but i loved her so much i love her character and i love the way she was built and her like intricacies as a Mm -hmm. well-rounded person and it was Mm -hmm. so good it was so good oh like i love sansa oh god yeah like embracing those those things that frustrate you about somebody because you have those feelings for male characters yes you have those exact feelings but we're taught as a society to hate those things in female characters <laughs> because we need them to be perfect all the time. <laughs> uh, we need them to be the eye candy or we need them to be, what's it called? The the fridge wife? What is oh. it? What's that thing called? Where there's <laughs> the girl like, in the fridge. Yeah. Yes. Where there's like one female character whose whole thing is to like die basically and provide her husband or significant other a reason to go out and do a bad thing. And it's stupid. It's a stupid trope. Yeah, it's like my husband um, always laughs and says that the women in refrigerators trope is feminist comic book lovers, like, number one go-to. It's like, if you are going to be judging comic books on a feminist level, the first thing you're going to learn is that Green Lantern had a wife that was in a fridge. (laughs) And she was murdered and killed for the plot. And that was it. She was put in to die and to be put into a fridge. And so that's why it's become a trope is because it's just like the ultimate example of women being a plot device instead of a character. So good. What? 
basically what this boils down to that I think about it is not what makes a well-written female character, but what makes a well-written person, a well-written human. Yes. And it's unfortunate that we talk about what makes a well-written female character, whether that's because they're a straight woman, a black woman, a, a Chinese woman, a trans woman, whatever, whatever have you. We talk about it in a, the women's standpoint. Like, I said, we've done this entire podcast just now. We talked about it because we were, we, a lot of women are, are poorly written in media. And there's a lot of great women that are being written better. But like you just said, it boils down to writing a fucking human being. Yes. How do we write people? We write them like people. This is a revelation. I'm fucking... Oh, the title of this episode is not what makes a well-written female character, but what makes a well-written human character. And just us talking about women the entire time because I'm so... I'm it's really, frustrating. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and this is why, like, just, just segue suddenly. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> any role-playing game that allows you to explore, to be a person of any kind, whether you're a gay elf, whether you're a buff, half-orc trans woman making your way through town and killing things, like, it's a great way to explore a character that you want to see but maybe you don't have the best writing skills to make a, a novel or to go to Hollywood and be like, this is my script for a show. I know we talk about a lot of things that we want to see in media. And let's be fair, there's a lot of people that want to strive to be a writer and it's going to be so hard for them. So hard. But I just want to say, if you are a person who's frustrated just like us, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, if you have anyone that can play with you, is a great way for you to explore and feel like it's okay to make a mistake and also make your own original characters mm -hmm. and develop them. If you want to develop and see a character in a world that maybe other people might not get to see, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Explore it and do it. Also self-insert characters. If you want to see more of yourself, do it. Like, there's so many different kinds of role-playing games. There's so many different structures, things like yeah. Call of Cthulhu, stuff like that. Like, you have so many opportunities in front of you, and it's a nice little escape into a world where you can see somebody like yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can work with your friends, and you can all build it together, mm -hmm. and it's a good... It's a good little bit of positivity. <laughs> yeah, or back things on Kickstarter. If someone's mm. developing something that fits into what you want to see, like even if you don't have money to fully help fund something, like retweet it or talk about it because there's a lot of people who are trying to get things out into the world and Kickstarter's really helping that. Also, look for it. Yes! It's, <laughs> it's hard, I know, but look for it. I have found probably my new favorite like comic book series because I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned this about feminist comic books. Mm -hmm. And one of them is called Hex Wives. I think I've heard about that actually. Oh my goodness. I am 100% going to talk about it. Basic <laughs> idea. Women be witches. Oh! Um, and they have to, like, draw their own blood. So anytime you damage them, they actually get more power. And they're all in, like, this coven, and they keep getting reborn. 
And so when they die, they are reborn into a fresh new body. Are they and always born as like a woman? They are always bo- well, quote unquote. There's there's only been one paperback, so oh, they haven't okay, really got like got into a lot of that other stuff. But basically, it takes place back in like the twenties. There are women of all different colors <gasps> in it currently, and they're all so amazing, and I love them. And there's lots of gayness. <laughs> And it's so good. Uh. (laughs) And they, there are men who hunt them. And so these men at the very beginning, none of them realize that they're witches because these men have like basically made them forget and trap them in this like suburban area where they all have to be housewives and then they're pretending to be their husbands and it's really gross and icky. And then by the end of the first paperback, they realize that they're witches and they revolt and it's amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) They revolt. (laughs) Against the man. And it's such an interesting storyline. It has so many different things, and it's only one paperback in. Like I said, like there's a lot of different uh, like sexualities and stuff in it. Lots of different colors, and they all have like different personalities and attitudes and like backgrounds. And kind of. like you kind of get to see a little bit of their backgrounds, Aww. and it's it's such a cool, interesting thing to see. And I bought it immediately. So I'm gonna say this a million times on this podcast. Probably vote with your dollar. Go out, buy those comics actually spend money on them if you have it if you don't share it tweet it talk about it Mm -hmm. but look for it actually do that legwork if you're looking for these things like go out and search for it and find it and bring it Mm -hmm. all into yourself and around to the people who you know they're also looking for those things (sighs) so good (laughs) i hope we ended this on a positive note because i realized we got really passionate (laughs) and i was like let's start with bad things and then halfway through I was like oh (laughs) we're still talking about what we dislike I really (sighs) hope that this episode kind of has allowed our audience to understand maybe more where we're coming from when we're talking about like the fabulous fictional females that we want to talk about and there's so many more that we get to explore and and in turn also get to hear from other people about like I might not like a character but why do you like them what Mm -hmm. makes them good for you and I'm really excited about that and I just I just love women (laughs) whether you are born as a woman and you and you identify as a woman or whether you are transitioning to be a woman i just love women found your way to womanhood in whatever you found (laughs) however you found your way to womanhood i just i know anyways i want to end this by by asking you allison what are you excited about right now (laughs) so i've been literally trying to avoid talking about this character all episode okay because as I think we have mentioned, we are recording these all ahead of time so that we can have a bunch to put out in sequential order for y'all. But I have started watching The Mandalorian. And it's amazing. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> and there's a bunch of really cool female characters. Like, there's there's one character who is a Mandalorian, and she's, like, their forger. Like, clearly inspired by Hephaestus like very Grecian her helmet is like badass I don't think they've actually I don't think they named her or used her pronouns at all but she you can tell that she's feminine she has a feminine voice and a feminine looking body but not super feminine okay because they do a really good job at the armor got it 
looking a little more shapely but not actually being useless okay got it <laughs> but she's like she creates their weapons and their armor got it so which this is character is perceived as a female perceived as a female okay um super awesome and then there's like a really pretty like woman who works on this tiny little farm that they went to and then there's my new love in the whole wide world Cara Dune oh Cara Dune <laughs> Sweep me away. <laughs> Take me to the stars. <laughs> Pick me oh up my goodness. My <laughs> Hold me tight. Yeah. Never let me go. Yeah, my, my queer heart is pitter-pattering for Caradoon. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I really am. And she is played by Gina Carano, the MMA fighter. And she is thick. Like, she's got buff arms. Oh. And it's just like... This like toned very, or like thick like, like, like toned got like it. okay like she looks like she could kick your ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's got some like thick oh. like big legs like all muscles and I'm just like huh? <laughs> you're like please <laughs> she's got come this to like door. short like side hairdo oh. and this little like tattoo I don't know if it's a tattoo or if it's her mole but it's under her eye it's so pretty and she used to be a shock trooper and now she's a mercenary and I'm just. You're here for it. Oh, I'm so in love. Oh. <laughs> I'm so in love. <laughs> and baby Yoda, who I don't think has been gendered yet. So currently non-binary baby Yoda. I love all the gifts I've been seeing of baby Yoda, by the way. They're good. Such a sweet child. <laughs> They're really good. They're good. They're such, good. Such a sweet. So good. Such a sweet being. <laughs> um. So it's... Oh... It's giving me so many good Star Wars feels. And like my husband talks about it, it is 100% this old, I think it's a Japanese comic called Lone Wolf and Cub, which is a, it's a very classic story trope where there is essentially the lone samurai kind of character who has to take care of a baby. And it is in a lot of things. I think Wolverine did it. A bunch of different comics did it where a character who's like traditionally masculine, really kind of hard emotionally has to take care of this squishy infant who has nothing but love in their heart. And so it like melts the hard warrior and it's just, Mm. Oh God, it's such a good trope and I love it. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, Disney, you evil corporation. (laughs) I will will give you my money. (laughs) That's what I'm excited about. (laughs) I'm so glad. Oh, okay, so <laughs> now that I've sp- <laughs> revealed my <laughs> my innermost attractions to the podcast, <laughs> there'll be more to come. There will be. It's okay. <laughs> you can find us wherever podcasts can be found, and please make sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at wenchbenchpod at gmail.com. All the art for The Wench Bench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Reekin. You can follow her on Twitter at Wervile. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Please come back. Bye. Bye. <laughs>